What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be doing a reverse interview because today is is episode number 700. And if you've been following along for a certain amount of time, you realize that every 100 episodes, I have someone interview me. And today I am very excited to have Seed Scout's own Benny Guadawama to be interviewing me. So Benny, how about you introduce yourself, um, you know, and who you are, and you can kind of start, uh, start flipping the script and asking me questions. Sweet. Right on. Hi, everyone. I'm Benny. Um, officially sales development representative at C-Scout, but as you know, at a startup, you wear multiple hats and the phrase that it is not your, my job does not exist here, but um, I'm here to support Matt. I'm here to help out C-Scout as best I can. Um, I'm a kid from Sedona, uh, born and raised uh, Arizona all my life. Um, go to ASU and I'm really passionate about investing, boxing, all things sports, really. Um, Bert's Bees Chapstick, you know, the good stuff. <laughs> uh, we're here to have a good time. And as you know, I am the host for the evening and um, looking forward to talking to Matt, who is a possible time traveler. Matt was on his way to Los Angeles and now he's back here in less than an hour. So, Matt, what happened? <laughs> well, so. Four hours ago, three hours ago, I realized, or I just kind of saw something on the internet that like there is a big welcome, uh, pretty much a big LA Tech Week um, event happening tonight. And uh, Arizona is an hour flight away from LA Tech Week. So it was around 1, 2 p.m. And I knew this event was happening. I know the event was invite only, but I was hoping I could get an invite um, but ultimately it couldn't be a thing where I get an invite and then book a flight and go. Cause I would miss the, I would miss the event. So what I did is around two o'clock, I, um, booked my flights is very cheap flights. Cause it's Los Angeles. I left and on the way to the airport, I was trying to get an invite to this event. Um, now I go through security. I, it's only a backpack and they start boarding the flight and, uh, Ultimately, my flight back was later tonight, like at 10 o'clock. And I was figuring out, as I haven't gotten an invite yet to this this event, like if I wanted to go all in, go on, go in, go to the flight, go to LA, and hoping I was getting an invite and deal with the cost. If I don't, or just don't go and cut my loss, deal with the sunk cost and go home. And I decided to not go to LA. So right when they called my number, I'm like, meh, and I left. 
I took the light rail home and now I'm back on the office recording this episode uh, of Forward Thinking Founders with Benny. Uh, so that is what the last four hours has been like. And for some, you might think that that's a total waste of time. And you are right. It was a waste of four hours and $200, but it could have been a waste of, of 10 hours and much more money. But be, I decided to cut my, co- my cut my losses in between, which made it not too bad of a loss. And that's kind of how I make decisions usually when it comes to business. Uh, well, you know, that seems like it was an exciting, but very, very unpredictable four hours, I must <laughs> say. <laughs> very, very anticlimactic, I'll say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's those invite-only parties that get you, you know, but we're glad to have you back here at C-Scout HQ. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, you know, this is really fun. This is exciting. I've always wanted to be like Conan for a day. Um, but sometimes I just have to practice my, my, my wittiness a little bit, but anyway, since we are at Seed Scout headquarters, I want to go ahead and just, you know, ask you, how are things going at Seed Scout, Matt? What, what's going on here? Things are going very well. Um, I think the last time I recorded this episode was on Hamid Shoji's podcast, Easy Tech podcast. And that was before Seed Scout had a name. So a lot has happened in a hundred episodes. And things are good. I mean, last week we put out a tweet, uh, put uh, recruiting scouts or podcasters. Maybe we'll go into that, what that, what that means on the, on this episode. And we got, I believe, 650 responses, which led to about 150, maybe like 100 and I don't know, 100, like 10, 120 meetings. Um, so the whole next couple of weeks is just meeting with scouts um, and recruiting them. And we got some more money from investors. We got this beautiful office overlooking Tempe Town Lake in the ASU Stadium. It's wonderful. And things have never been stronger ever. You know, things are things. You know, we still have an impossible task in front of us, but at least um, it it seems a little more possible than it did, you know, a year ago or so. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's cool to see you know um, a bunch of these scouts that are you know. Um, also podcasters are coming out to wanting to be a part of our mission, a part of what we're trying to accomplish here. And I think that, I think that, like you said, it is a challenging task at hand, but um, there has been consistent growth even in the past week. Um, And it's exciting stuff. And we'll, 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 we'll see what the future holds for sure. Um, and it's beautiful in Tempe. It's kind of cloudy. Um, we might be getting a little bit of rain. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be nice. I love rain. Hopefully the monsoon season actually happens this year because last year it didn't even happen. Yeah, it didn't. And well, I was kind of in Sedona, so I don't know. Well, it, actually it rains up there more frequently than it does here. But... It rains here once every 17 years, it feels like. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it rains It rains maybe five times a year, but not you. Not really much more than maybe 10 times, but not much more than that. No. Right. Right. But remember, innovation still grows in the desert, rain or no rain. It's true. It's over here. It's growing and it's growing fast. Um, so, hey, kind of switch on topic, but I'll try and connect sure. it some way. Let's see. That's not to connect. It can yeah. just be whatever you want. We were talking about rain, but what about those Phoenix suns, man? What do you think is happening there? This is something good for the city of Phoenix. Um, I think it's pretty cool because Phoenix suns have really, you know, been pretty bad ever since Steve Nash and Sean Marion and Amari Stoudemire and Leonardo Barbosa 
kind of left the building. You can tell I was a big Suns fan because that's pretty much like kind of the new crew kind of feels like that crew. It's good. You know, the, the energy is exciting. Um, maybe we'll go to a game uh, in, a, in a week or two. And it's just good to be, it, it, it kind of brings out this Arizona pride. And I, you know, I do have a lot of pride in Arizona. It's where I grew up. It's where I currently live. I'll be here for, for a fair amount of time. And uh, um, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, it's really nice to be winners. And, you know, so far Phoenix Suns, pretty much have done half the job they've, they've won the the quarter i don't know the actual names like the quarterfinals and like semifinals now they're going to the conference championships right. then they go to the finals and if they win they'll be the first team that is won for phoenix suns oh hell yeah yep yep definitely and you heard it we might be going to game so deep book chris paul expect us to be there hopefully maybe maybe <laughs> we'll see how expensive they are <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe you know um since we may pay you a visit. We'd love for you guys to come visit us here at Sky HQ. Everyone who knows them, please let them know we're here. We're waiting. Um, and Matt, you know, since you were about to go travel to LA, I'm curious, what are some of the three top destination places that you would love to travel to? Um, I would be interested in, uh, let's think, that, that, so for business or for pleasure? Let's make a mixture of both um i think dubai would be a great place for business and pleasure because it's like one of the tech capitals of the world and it's dubai so it's very beautiful um for strictly pleasure i have always wanted to uh, um go to upstate new york to like have a weekend stay at niagara falls um we i was gonna do that with my now fiance a few years ago when we visited New York, but it never ended up happening. And then, you know, I feel like for work and slight pleasure, I would say London, because London is this, like city that I have no comprehension of how big of the city is, but everyone compares London to New York of, of uh, you know, across the, across the coast. And, and uh, I just can't understand that until I see it. And, and uh, I don't know. I just want to see it. I want to see why I want to see a big city that's not in the States. I haven't, I've been on that much traveling outside of the States. So it, I feel like you'd help me like a little culturally. And um, yeah, that's what I would say. I'd say Dubai. I would say, um, I would say uh, uh, London and I would say Niagara Falls area, like a retreat type place up there. Cool. Sweet. I have family that lives in London and they love it. They think it's spectacular. Um, I hope to visit there one day too, you know, I mean, see Big Ben, see, you know, um, maybe perhaps a good, a good soccer game, Arsenal, Arsenal play, you know, that'd be, that'd be fun. Um, and yeah, that's great. I love those places. Uh, Dubai, Dubai. I know Dubai has the Burj Khalifa and that'd be exciting to go all the way to the top to see that view. Yeah, you know, Dubai has the Burj Khalifa. Seems super exciting to see. Um, I've been on top of the Empire State Building, but the Burj Khalifa is next for sure. Yeah. Um, Is that a good view? Yeah, it is a good view. You know, I got some pretty some pretty sick pictures. You can see Times Square all lit up. Nice. And it's pretty sweet. Um, I want to go back to Seed Scout uh, for a bit. And I know that this week we, you know, we have a lot of calls with a bunch of potential scouts. Um, and people who want to be scouts. Um, for you, who do you think, could you describe the persona of an ideal scout? And I know scouts have their own way of, you know, 
operating, but what is an ideal scout for you that best represents what Seed Scout wants to do? Um, an ideal scout is someone that has a quote unquote upbringing similar to mine, um, not in the way of class or of location or of um, or really anything like that, only pretty much only digitally. So what I mean by that is I kind of I grew up as a YouTuber. I, I, I made YouTube videos and I got on in 2007, which I guess was early. And, uh, you know, after YouTube, I, I, I had Facebook accounts that I grew and I, and I made graphics and I like did video editing. And I pretty much was this like this creator on the Internet. And most people IRL didn't really understand me. I still don't. Um, but what, what you're kind of seeing now is because there's more tools that are being developed to make being a creator easier. You, you see more people trying to make it on the internet. And that is actually, I would say, the main trait of the type of scout that I want to kind of bring on is someone that is trying to make it on the internet and has been trying to make it on the internet. It's funny because some people say, got to make it in New York or make it in LA or make it in Nashville. But I think make, making it on the internet is, is, the, is the new frontier. And I think when you make it on the internet, the opportunity and potential for you is, you know, far out, out exceeds, you know, making it in any one place because the internet is, is, is everywhere, right? Um, it's almost its own city. Um, so anyone that, that's a creator, anyone that does side hustles or has projects, anyone that has some entrepreneurial energy, um, and you know, what we're not looking for is people that are looking for some sort of external outcome. We call these, these mercenaries, people that are expecting something, um, that is not intrinsic to their own values. So they're looking for monetary gain, explicitly monetary gain, or looking to raise status. These are people that we don't like associating with. Um, we like associating with what we call missionaries, which are people that are driven by something that is intrinsic to them. Now, of course, this could be money related, you know, because I mean, you, you're, if you don't got money, all you got is money problems. But in general, um, there is like a higher level mission that each one of our scouts are on, even if that mission is part of Seed Scout wanting to change how the venture, land, venture capital landscape kind of works. Um, so that's a little bit of an outline of at least a high level how I think about who I want to scout for us and who I don't. Great. That that's that was a very detailed and awesome overview of what you look for in a scout and someone who can contribute to Seed Scout's mission. Um, I saw that you just tweeted not too long ago that Seed Scout is looking to do events um, in real life. Um, what what type of events should everyone expect from Seed Scout, and why are they better in real life? Well, I think there's this thing where the whole world in tech has had to deal with Silicon Valley's bullshit on how they operate. And everyone kind of has to go by the code that, that Silicon Valley goes by because they have the power. If you have a VC coming to your town to put on an event or you're going to Silicon Valley, more likely you need to do things a certain type of way, the way the Valley likes it. And, and what I like, um, well, and actually to give you an example of this, even it, we started the, this interview with this like did this event that i wanted to get to it was invite only they said give us your email we'll let you know if you're you're invited and of course there's no malintent here i don't i don't necessarily blame the blame these people because it's very normal to do this um but i think that you know you, if you do if, if seed scout does real life events we can kind of show what a different type of company how, how a different type of tech company acts in regards to access 
um, and how it really set an example for everyone biting or biting their tongue or holding their tongue in regards to, wow, like I wish things didn't work this way, but we got to deal with it because that's what the system wants and we're trying to work up. I think like doing things in person really allows you to create a little bit of a light for everyone that's been shut out of the tech industry. And instead of them saying, you know, we just got to do what needs to be done that this industry requires of us, they can say, you know what, actually there is another way and, it, and it's Seed Scout and we want to align with these people because for me, I shine when I'm in person, my energy comes out. I'm like kind of like a hype man. It's one of my skills. Um, and you can do that in person better over Zoom. So that's just the reason, you know, you, you, you can go to San Francisco, which is the heart of status seeking bullshit. And you can find the people that actually don't like that. And the, and the people that don't like that will show up and contribute. And you can kind of create a different type of culture and change how startup really work, you know, because right now it works for a certain type of person. And chances are, if you're listening to this, uh, that person is not you. And it's not me and it's not Benny. And I think that, you know, isn't good because anyone should have a shot at this. Yep. Yep. I definitely agree. Um, and I am super proud to be a part of, you know, Seed Scout and being employee number one. Um, I get to really see an overview of everything that happens on a daily basis. And, and I look forward to meeting everyone that also contributes to Seed Scout's growth. Um, could you tell me a little bit about the people who are actually helping pave the way for Seed Scout right now? Sure. So there are a few personas of people. It starts with, it's, I mean, to be honest, it, it actually, ironically, you know, Seed Scout is fighting for a new kind of realm in venture capital. But like at the end of the day, like, you know, investors are here for a reason and we would not, you know, we are not here to say investors shouldn't exist. We really think the system in which people get funded should should change. So the, I'll start with my answer to this question by a thank you to my earliest investors, um, Dave Goldblatt and Eric Reese. Without them, I would probably not even have the time to explore this problem and gone as deep as I've gone. Um, I, I wouldn't have been able to hire you, Benny, or hire any scouts. And I really wouldn't have been able to get to the bottom of, of this problem. Um, so the, the first kind of group of people that is helping enable this to happen are the investors who allow me to take the risk. Um, I mean, the second group is, is the scouts. I mean, specifically Darian and Lotana, who are the first two scouts who I, I've been working with. We've been working with them for three, four months now. And they've been great. You know, they they produce, you know, podcasts consistently. They've been great allies, great friends. And they are, are great examples of, of what a scout should be like. Um, in addition, there is kind of um, like the online cheerleaders. Like I have a decent presence, you know, on Twitter and the listeners of the podcast. And there are things that happen in the background that I'm not aware of that, you know, kind of these forces that people want to see Sea Scout ex ex succeed. Um, and they kind of, they kind of like, I feel like helped me will it into existence. Only two other groups, the second, the next, the last, second to last group is like the founders. I mean, this wouldn't exist if it weren't for the founders I've interviewed. The whole reason Sea Scout got started is because I started a podcast called Forward Thinking Founders. And then I realized that I was a really good scout because of that. And then I couldn't break into scouting. I'm like, this sucks. Um, so let's do something about it. So the founders that are trying to change the world out there, just like I am, you know, like that, that should have really been first and foremost. Without founders, we wouldn't really have anything. 
to build for. Um, we wouldn't have any problems to solve. And it's only because there are founders that are crazy enough to change the world. Um, there needs to see needs to exist to figure out ways to better support them and fund them. Um, and then, I mean, uh, the last group is the whole Seed Scout team, which is you, Benny, and uh, and me, and that's it right now. But the plan is to hire more people. We got Travis who developed, who helped with some of our code, um, who'll be coming on full time soon as our as our CTO. Um, but uh, you know, the idea is, you know, kind of keep our heads down. Let's you know, let, let let let's keep on building up the the scout database. Let's keep on um, kind of executing. And then I feel like at some point the the the, the big big kind of mountain uh, that we that we're pushing this rock up will 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 reach the top of it, and all of a sudden we'll be chasing down the rock, and that's what we call product market fit. Right on, right on. Yep. And and yeah, that that those those groups of people that you mentioned, they are super important. Um, to changing how the system works. They're super important to, to how the future of investing, to how the future of technology and innovation will, will go about. Let me actually just add in, like, I, I think most investors are like good. They're just playing in a really flawed system. So when I like kind of take aim at Silicon Valley and kind of venture capital as a whole, it's not the individual investors. Mm-hmm. The, the individual investors have a job and that their job is to make their LPs money. That's like literally their only job. It's not even to support founders because they support founders to make their LPs money. And this doesn't, doesn't like surprise, right? And there's just issues in the system that create some sort of a prisoner's dilemma. Um, and no one is incentivized to solve these problems unless you're a founder, but it, it's been extremely, excruciatingly difficult to solve this problem for, 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 for various reasons. And um, no one's done it yet. Uh, you know, you know, people have tried and everyone's failed and, you know, we'll see if we're the ones to break through, but um, it's important that investors realize that we're not like an anti-VC company. We are anti current systems to fund founders company. And we want to build a new system and then bring everyone with us into the next system, not, you know, not just you know destroy anyone if that makes sense right yes yep makes sense um so for the short term what do you think is a challenge for seed scout right now in the short term well i mean we're based in tempe arizona and we're claiming that we can build a new system to fund founders and distribute this kind of in a better way. And I think that for most investors, they laugh us out of the room because why would a company not based in the Bay area, um, you know, do anything in this space. And I think that this is the thing that we've been kind of dealing with, um, you know, ever since we started um, my kind of pushback to this is, Anyone in the Bay Area that has the skill set that that we have would just be a VC, and they they are a VC. Why do you think there's so many VCs in the Bay Area? Because no one wants to fight against their own kind, right? But I'm not like the those people. I'm born. I'm ASU grad. Like I, I have no one in my family's in tech. So what do I have to lose to take a shot? Uh, nothing. So I think the, the my my response to the people that saying like we you know we're not qualified. It's like we may not be the most qualified, but everyone that is qualified just opts into the system. So what do you want us to do? So I would say that is the main problem is people just don't really take us seriously. And that's fine because I think in time, 
um, you know, things will, things will pan out and people will see what's going on and it will become clear. But in the short term, that is probably the problem in regards to customers and getting investors and not getting employees because a lot of people that are interested in working for us, but it's mainly like the investor side. It's hard for them to take, you know, a company not based in the Bay seriously. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're hungry. We're hungry. And, you know, we're, we're moving forward regardless, you know, this is, this is something we're, we're trying to change. Um, one of my, one of, one, a question I'm going to ask next comes from a podcast I actually listened to, um, Patrick from Invest Like the Best. And I love this question because he always asks this question. And I think that it's important to share this story, you know? And uh, so my question is, what is the kindest thing anyone has ever done for you? I'm gonna try, I mean, the first thing that pops into my head, um, which I don't want this to be the answer because it seems too like simple, is just, actually no, this is my answer. I, I'm not gonna share names because I feel like I just don't want to, but um, you know, not that long ago, like four months ago, um, I was struggling uh, with the, I'll, I'll give two answers. This is very within the seed scout scope, but I do want to give something kind of outside of that. But um, two, uh, two, three, four, five months ago, or four or five months ago, I was really struggling with, with, at the time it was called growth meter and we literally didn't have a business model. I was running out of money and we, we couldn't raise money. Like, you know, just, just, it was a really rough spot. And this person pretty much hired me as a contractor to do various things, which cover my, my full-time salary for enough time for me to figure out um, things with, with seed scout, raise more money and, and ultimately keep going. And it's just shows you how fickle that innovation can be that if this person wouldn't have just, there's nothing to, to, for, for him to gain in the short term for this, but he did it. And now seed scout is at large. Uh, and we've a hundred scout conversations and none of that would have happened if it weren't for, you know, 10 grand or something like that. Um, so there, there's that in regards to the scope of, um, of, of, of startups, I'll challenge myself and it, to go, go without the scope of startups. And I think without the scope of startups, it was, you know, had to be like ninth grade when uh, my youth group advisor, someone in my youth group told me I should run for the president of this thing called Nifty Southwest, which is like a Jewish youth group. And uh, um, at the time I had no other leadership capabilities. And I'm like, why? Like, why me? Like, what do I have? And she's just like, you got it. And, you know, it took me quite a long time to understand like what it was, but, you know, that was the first kind of push into leadership for me all the way back in high school, kind of carried that torch to today. And the thing that I've still been trying to figure out what I have is just this like this like enthusiasm for life that I had back then. And I, and I just haven't, you know, it, I still have it. And I've kind of fostered that, um, you know, over time. And I wouldn't have realized, maybe if I, I never would have done leadership stuff, if it weren't for this person telling me, hey, you should like run for this position that you may not be qualified for, but I think you should do it. It always takes one person to kind of bet on you um, to kind of make a big difference in the world. And, you know, her name's Ellen, so like, thanks, Ellen. <laughs> Great. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, you know, it's, 
it's even the most simplest acts of kindness that can really, you know, alter someone's thinking or inspire someone to be better or challenge someone for the purpose of having them grow. And, and I think that's what I, I get a lot from working here at Sea Scout and from working with you is that you, you challenge me and you push me to do the new things um, immediately, you know, throwing me into the fire. And I think that that has been the best way for me to learn a lot of new things. And I love what, you know, what, what, what I'm doing with that. Um, does that, does that seem like a core value that Seed Scout as a whole, as it grows, um, will focus on? And, and if so, what, what does the culture for the future of Seed Scout look like? That's a good question. Um, you know, we don't have any core values yet, although I do have some in mind that nothing's like codified, but I do think that there is, you know, my, my whole entrepreneurial career has been built on top of really giant leaps that I shouldn't be making, but made anyways. And look at that, like I ended up okay. So I do think that, you know, maybe something like off jump off the deep end could be a value. Like, you know, the only way to learn how to swim is to jump off the deep end. Like, I think that's an interesting, interesting, you know, kind of realm versus the culture of seed scout. I mean, I think that it's going to be something where we like, we'll work very hard. Like I'm like someone that, that, you know, I, I've always been a hard worker and uh, um, I think to do what we need to do, like it's going to take a lot of time and effort and energy. Um, with that said, I also think it's going to be a culture that where we like play fairly hard, like, like I, you know, even like last week and like Benny wasn't in town yet because um, he was still in Sedona, but I like invited him to go to like this Tiesto concert um, and we might go back to LA and maybe potentially on this Friday. And I think that like, doing this thing where you work really hard, you kind of like take on this beast and then you kind of don't take yourselves too seriously and have fun, I think is an important part of the culture. Um, additionally, you know, I mean, like absolutely is like getting together, like a group of missionaries versus mercenaries. Like I, I pretty much like can smell a mercenary from a million miles away. And it is good because, you know, that we live in Arizona because many people on the Bay are mercenaries. Um, not everyone, I'm not saying mercenary is a bad thing, but it is a bad thing if you want to work for Seed Scout because, because I, I value, you know, people that are on a mission and their mission kind of aligns with what Seed Scout's doing uh, or vice versa. Um, so that's one more thing. And then lastly, it's like, I mean, you know, one of my role models, just pretty much every other entrepreneur out there is, is Steve Jobs. And um, what he really did is he did, you know, some very complex things at Apple, but made them sound very simple. Um, and he really focused on quality and he made his employees, um, this is obviously a controversial statement, but I think whether or not he made his employees feel good or not, he always made them feel like he, they were part of something. Um, and I think that's pretty important, which is why right now, like we're in our office and we have six identical standing desks that are like fairly nice. And the reason I got these is because I, I got one for myself, but it wouldn't be fair if I had one, but no one else did. So my answer is just get everyone else's standing desk too. I think that that type of thing of just like, you know, work, like work and feel like, 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 what is it like, feel like a king work, like a, I don't know, just like work hard, work with, but you premium and play just that kind of somewhere in there. I think I want to like play with in regards to the, the culture, obviously over time, I'll figure out how to like, you know, talk about it in a more, in a more uh, palatable way. Right. Right. Of course, right on. But what you said so far is wonderful. I think it's in the right direction. I think Seed Scout in general is going in the right direction. 
Um, and and uh, let me. <laughs> I'm sorry. No worries. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, you can just ask questions until you don't have any more, and then it's all good. All right. All right. Let's see. Um, don't worry everyone we're taking a kombucha break we'll be back hold on <laughs> um, i think well to be honest i think i think that's all the questions i have i mean um yeah i i I think I'll have more later on and I'll, and I'll ask you. Um, but for the time being, I think I've had a great time talking to you about Sea Scout, about the Phoenix Suns, about the weather, about your time traveling. Um, and thank you. Thank you, Matt. Um, it's been fun. Definitely. Yeah, I appreciate you being the interviewer for episode 700. I uh, hope if you're listening you go back to episode 600, 500, and 400, which is where I started this trend and see how far we've come. Benny, thanks for being the guest interviewer for the day. And then we'll see who the guest is when we hit number 800. Thanks for everyone for listening. Thank you.